ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Well, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really <laughs> celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurt, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. What's happening? Give me an update on Casey Meter. Casey Meter is very high, but only because he thought I was in a bad mood today. I think he tried to offset me a little bit. Oh, I see. Like he was, was he happy that you were in a bad mood? Like, it seemed like, like it. That? It seemed like he got a kick out of it. But um, Are you in a bad mood? I was uh, not in the greatest of moods at 2 o'clock, but I'm feeling much better now. Oh, good. That's what we do for you. Yeah. No, you look, that's for real. I come in here, I forget all the nonsense happening outside. That is a nice part of it. That's what we hope to do for all of you. All that nonsense at work throughout the day, driving home. We want you to forget about it. It's just funny because I get in here around 2 o'clock and just immediately start arguing sports with Casey, and then we turn mics on and keep going. It's funny. <laughs> that's what it's we true, do, actually, man. Yeah. That is what we do. Uh, so I'm good I, though, Brian. Thanks for asking. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not gonna. I can't ask you. I mean, you gotta, oh, I just got a crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hurts. You got Don't one different. of those side cramps. Yes, right yeah, there. he's got a stitch. side cramp. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. Man. Right in the rib. He's massaging yeah, it right hurt. now. Look at that. That does hurt. <laughs> that was funny though. What does that mean? Did you not drink enough water today, or is that gut just a little too uh, uncomfortably big? Probably a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody knows what we're talking about. Most people, I would say, at least. <laughs> Brett Martin, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurz, Brent and Friends at ESPN 690. I, did you, this guy, did you just hear that ESPN Sports Center update? This guy, whiplash and a possible concussion. Listen, he's a, a regular dude. He's not some sports superhero. He can oh, hurt. Oh, my gosh. This, what a joke. You know, I was telling Casey in the break, I kind of wish we had more time to, like, dissect some more of that uh, Chicago Bears-Justin Fields talk, only because while you guys were uh, talking through Fields and his problems, I'm looking at 2023 NFL free agents, specifically wide receivers. You're talking the top of the heap is Nelson uh, Aguilar and Sterling Shepard. DJ Chark, I guess, is a free agent again next year, Randall Cobb, Marvin Jones. Like, help is not on the way at wide receiver, certainly in free agency. It'll have to be through a trader or something else. It's former or, Jags yeah. and Sterling Sharp. Nice. Uh, or the, Shepard, my bad. So different say, dude. Sort of like different Sharp might have been good. <laughs> I, I think it's going to have to come in the draft, right, for a lot of teams. And, and a lot of people question whether the Jags will come in the draft or do you make a run at DJ Moore, as we were talking about. Oh, uh, Casey oh, loves DJ Moore. Oh, man. So where's the DJ Moore stuff settled? Have you seen any more of that? Like Jags still high on uh, Jags Twitter or fans or yeah, no, people I, want DJ? I, I think if you if you don't, you just don't know ball is all, frankly. <laughs> uh, just, just such a quality receiver. Uh, at the moment, you don't have to pay him a lot. You will. I understand that. Calm down, people. But, I mean, just a guy worthy of getting paid, putting up over 1,000 yards on the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You should be excited. <laughs> it's not going to happen. The but. only Twitter drama I'm seeing today is uh, this OBJ story. Are you guys following along with this? Basically, uh, some Rams YouTube guy was on Twitter saying, hey, OBJ, come home. The Rams could sure use your help. 
And then uh, Odell actually responded to the guy saying, well, if they could use my help, how come their offer was so low? Nice. Love OBJ. So I love when these guys air out the dirty laundry on Twitter, man. It's the, <laughs> the guy on Twitter is like, hey, they could use your help. And then the guy on Twitter is like, well, I didn't negotiate the damn contract. <laughs> it's not my money. I just love how this <laughs> random YouTuber on Twitter suddenly becomes the centerpiece of the negotiation between the Rams and Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know, OBJ. Like, you're coming off a torn ACL like seven months ago. Maybe that's why they offered such a low rate. If I'm OBJ, I'm done with football. I'm pulling. Here's what I'm doing. He's not. <laughs> what? He, he's not Pat McAfee. Right. But he is entertaining. He's entertaining, but he does, he's not like a media conglomerate. Yeah, but he could be. OBJ could be huge. Trust me. He's probably still got another couple of years playing. I know, but stuff. trust me, he could be huge. Didn't we have the conversation a lot last year, like when o, OBJ was on the block? Like, why don't the Jags go get him? They could use some help. Yes, we did have that. This might be why. So, uh, like personality not now, issue. though, right? No, now? Sure, why not? You're going to get OBJ now? Dude, OBJ is good still. How do you know? Trust me. Okay. He was good in the Super Bowl. Listen, listen. Okay, in the coming, game, yes. Coming off the ACL, all right. I'll give it to you. I don't know because I haven't seen it. But I do know that they buried him on Cleveland, and he goes to the Rams, and he works his way in, and then all of a sudden you get to the Super Bowl, and he's your number one receiver. We saw. I saw enough in that game to think, you know what? Let's give it a try. Why not? Kick the no, tires. Why, well, here, here's one thing: the Jags don't have a lot of money, right? I mean, they don't. They're not nah, sitting there with them. Now they could start deferring money and pushing stuff in the future a little bit. They could do that, but they don't. They're not sitting there with a bunch of cap space. Uh, I think they still could maneuver around and make a move, but I, I just don't think that's the one. Like, if you were going to make one move for the Jags, it would probably be, I, I would say, on the interior. Uh, if you were going to do something by the by the trade deadline. I don't think it's a receiver coming off an ACL. Probably not. Listen to a couple of these grades from our friends at Pro Football Focus on I love OBJ. How much you like for Pro Football Focus. Well, if you're paying like for a subscription, Brent, you get your money's worth. <laughs> you might as well. Listen, Everybody o- loves it now. OBJ on the Rams, right, week mm-hmm. to week, putting up grades of 64, 61, 68, pop to 75. Yep. 53, 68, 59, 63. Come on, man. Like, this isn't this isn't 2014 OBJ. This isn't... What are you getting 2000- a Super Bowl? I'd have to look up the exact game to get you Torn on a ACL. <laughs> Torn ACL is what he got. <laughs> I guarantee like, you the playoff numbers are much higher. This is not OBJ yeah, in the from 10 years ago. This is, this is a guy who has had a rough time for multiple years now. I'm still uh, with that's it. True. I don't care yeah, about the numbers. I, I don't know. Hey, uh, how's Robert Woods doing? He I scored mean, the other day. I don't think he's lived up to what they expected. I mean, they were looking to replace uh, A.J. Let Brown. Me Let me check. He scored gotta, the other day. I just got to support my Robert Woods when everybody was like, oh, my gosh, they got Robert Woods. Okay, listen, if we're going to sit here and blame Robert Woods for playing with a terrible quarterback, then I'm sorry, but they can't figure out how to get him the ball. He's got 17 catches, yep. 204, 12. One touchdown. Uh, yeah, one touchdown. Oh, as one, the guy, one touchdown. 12 uh, yards per catch, which is actually about what he what he had all kind of in his career. He's coming off a 45 catch, 556. It was the, it was the three years prior where he's really good. 1,200 yards, 1,100 yards, 900 yards. Then, yep. uh, Playing across from Cooper Cup. Yeah. And, and, think, and Brandon uh, Cooks. He, he, was, he got injured in, with the Rams, too, though, right? He was he out for a bit. He had a, yeah. a knee thing, I think. Which yeah. is why he only had, like, 500 yards last year. But it's also pretty apparent, right? Like, he's not replacing. Uh, A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown. No, not even close. Yeah. 
I mean, so, and they're, they're kind of not running the offense the way they did last year either. They're, they're doing weird stuff out in Tennessee. I don't really know what's up with this team. I don't think they know what's up with their team. Are they good? Are they bad? Are they mediocre? I don't think anyone understands yet. I agree with that. Yeah, uh, I don't think so either, and I think they just know how to win. And so, and that's been the case a lot over the last couple of years. They're just not a sexy team, and they know how to win. All right, speaking of knowing, not knowing how to win, the Jags. And they don't sometimes, but they seem to against the Colts. How much is this game going to be different, guys, when you've got the Pittman coming back and Pierce will play, uh, Leonard could be out, Let's assume Taylor plays, even though right now he didn't go to practice. If you're just getting an update on that and haven't heard yet, uh, so he, or he was there but he wasn't practicing. I mean, how much of a like? How different is this game? You know, Matt Ryan has been sacked 21 times. He's fumbled 11 times. He's been under pressure, I think, 42 times. <laughs> QB hits. Just running for his life. I mean, just this guy's a sitting duck back there. Yeah. I but mean, don't you think these stats are the lead up to uh, one of these trap games, where no, you just there's no expect such thing to, as a trap game? But there's a, it's like are you do game? I get what you're saying. Yeah, right? like you expect to go in there and push people around, and then suddenly we turn on the TV in the third quarter, and the Jags are down by 17. You're scratching your head, going, "What happened here?" Yeah, uh, yeah, that could happen. I mean, kind of like last week, scratching your head uh, about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, why is it six to six still, even though you're beating them on the stat sheet like Every three to stat. one? Yeah, right. So. But I, I guess in, this game's not going to be 24 nothing. I think we all agree with that. We know that's the way the NFL works. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the difference in the style is. Like, what's the adjustments? How different is this game going to look? They're going to run Jonathan Taylor the, if he plays. The difference is maybe he does a little bit better, right? Uh, the turnovers, the sacks, I think it was a handful of sacks against Indy the first time around. How about the Jags attacking them on offense? Like, what are they going to sit there and let them do that again and go 25 for 30? Is Gus's defense, that's what it is? Or are they going to make some adjustments? I, mean, I just can't imagine. i got to believe somewhere along the way the Colts have to force the issue. Like, if you're the Jags, and Doug Peterson said this today, he's like, listen, there, this isn't going to be the same game. I, I believe that. But if you're the Jags, don't you have to attack it? like you attacked it the last time and make sure that Indy is the one forcing the issue and changing things and then you have to adjust from there. Like, you've got to wait and see a little bit because I wouldn't change a darn thing after what I saw a couple, uh, well, about last month now in week two of the season. Yeah, rightfully so. You want to go ahead and repeat that uh, performance. But you got to imagine the Colts have now learned a few things in the last couple of weeks about how to play the Jags from the tape they're going to watch. Casey, how's this game different? Well, it's not played in Jacksonville, for one, so there's no streak. So all week, the Indianapolis Colts have not been asked about, uh, hey, you know, that's streak. And this and that. You're going to be at home. So uh, I think that's a different part of it. And uh, the other part of it is the opponent that you are playing, if you're the Indianapolis Colts, just lost to the Houston Texans, a team that did not win a football game. So you know they have nothing going. There's no momentum there. The Colts, as ugly as it was, momentum off a, a long break after playing on Thursday night. So... I think all of those things play in, but I think if I'm the Indianapolis Colts, I'm going to be aggressive on the defense. I know that's not their M.O., but that's what I would do. I would try to get the quarterback rattled. I would change some things up a little bit and see how it plays out because I have to believe, 
even with the hurries, even with the fumbles, even with Matt Ryan being absolutely horrible, which surprises me, they feel like they can score more points than the Jags. I would just have to believe that to be true after what they saw on film with the Jags and the Texans. Yeah, I don't think the ja- I don't think Indy's uh, maybe concerned, right, with the Jags' offense. Because even in that game, they just nickel and dimed them. And so I, I would say, I, I think I said this that week, Gus probably feels like they did a halfway decent job giving up 24 stop in the run. Uh, they had the one break for 37. That was a bit of a backbreaker at the time. And then there was some short field opportunities because of turnovers. So, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to change that much because they didn't do, I mean, they controlled the time of possession. But still, that's on the Colts' offense. I think this really changes from a Colts offensive perspective. I just don't know how. I mean, Matt Ryan's just okay. He's a sitting duck right now in, in back there with this offensive line. And he might not have – he definitely is not going to have 100% Taylor. I don't think he's going to have Hines. He might be without both. And I just don't think Pittman makes that much of a difference. Here's the thing. I think it all comes down to, unfortunately for the Colts once again – the offensive line. I know that we don't expect to see another blowout because that's not how the NFL works. But the reality is, if they can't get that line straightened out for this game or moving forward, they don't have much of a chance to win many games moving forward at all. I mean, Matt Ryan is running for his life every play. You got a banged up backfield. That's not helping you out at all to create some space. How are you going to get to Pittman or Alec Pierce or Moelle Cox if you have 1.5 seconds to drop back to pass for Matt Ryan, who's not mobile? Like, it doesn't – does not compute. I don't yeah, understand. What, like, I mean, this could be a seven-sack game for the Jacks. Which is where I think the real stepping up needs to happen. I don't think it's a Trevor thing. I don't think it's a James Robinson thing. I don't even think it's a Christian Kirk thing. I want to see Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker show up in a way that we've seen flashes of thus far. I want to see it. I want to see it come alive this weekend for sure. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I mean, it's go take over a game, right? Yes. And and that's a that's a good thought. It, they haven't. Josh has been pretty consistent and pretty good all year. Trayvon, I would say the bad moment last week, he was really good in week one. I think we even saw signs of it in week two and three. But, we've again, I had this conversation a lot last week going into this game. We're going to start to ask, where's Trayvon? Unfortunately, we found out where Trayvon was the other day in a bad way. <laughs> he was but bad we're, going, we're going to find to ask sooner or later if he doesn't have a sack or two or a forced fumble or another big splash play, where is he? That doesn't mean he's playing bad. We're just going to ask the question because you're going to get now six games deep Maybe seven games deep, and he's got oh, an interception that was cool, and he's got a sack. Like, that doesn't seem like enough. And I, that's a great call on your part there. This is a beat-up offensive line. Foley Fadakasi practiced today, so it means they could get him back. And if they get him back, they're healthy on that front seven. I think Aluakin is playing really well right now. I think Lloyd has come on every game pretty much, so I think he's in a good spot. And I just don't worry about the receiving core and the passing game right now of Matt Ryan and the Colts. So I'm just interested in how they're going to attack this thing game plan. I understand it's the NFL. I understand it's going to look different. It's probably not going to be 24 to nothing. Uh, but it could be 27-13. I, I mean, it's got a better chance of being 13 to 10 than oh, anything man. else. You, hope you know not. what I mean? You, you hope to see the Jags put up some points this game. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, again, look at I, – I, I know people don't – love to give Gus Bradley and his defense any any flowers, but they held the Chiefs to 17 points. They held the Broncos, who know everybody's holding the Broncos down, but they held them down. 
Uh, even when they lost to Houston, I think it was 20. And the Jags, even though they did seem like they controlled the whole game against the defense, it was 24. And I'm probably missing a game in there. Well, but the Colts are winning against the run, not as much against the pass. That's but, true. But to your point, Gus Bradley is no slouch back there. Well, I think they're doing enough if their offense was halfway decent. Here's the other thing about the Colts. I came into the season, and I think you guys did too, that the Colts were pretty good. Now, a lot of people thought Matt Ryan was going to be like elevate them and escalate them to the I playoffs. Was one of and I yes. also was one of those. And, and I did not think that he was going to be that big a difference between the Philip Rivers experiment, Carson Wentz, and, and Matt Ryan. But I still thought they would win the AFC South, guys, yeah. and be talented enough to do it. So we can have varying opinions about the QB and how good they would have been. But they were supposed to be good. Yeah. They've been awful. Awful. Like, even against Kansas City, it was a good win. But it was a weird game. Like, it just, it wasn't like, wow, here come the Colts. Where have you had that game where it's like, here come the Colts? I've instead asked, how have they won two and tied once? Like, that's the question I have for the Colts. They have looked so bad that you ask, how have they even got in the win column yet? And they shouldn't have last week. Russell Wilson threw that game away. And there were some mistakes by Kansas City that allowed them to go down and win the game late. And so, I mean, the Jags, again, I feel like are better. But right now, the Jags are in a weird spot, too, that it's hard to say that. Let me ask you this. If you believe the Colts are worse than the Jaguars, certainly, than a lot of other teams, outside of the Texans, who's who's worse than the Colts? Denver. I don't believe that. I do. Well, here's a maybe a better question or at least something we could answer a little more succinctly who has the upside the rest of the season because that's what i was getting around with the colts like are we going to see this game where oh it all comes together well they still don't have leonard they might not have uh uh taylor they might not have Hines. they they still have a beat-up offensive line they might not have ryan kelly like who knows what the deal is with him i don't think this is the game where it's like oh those are the colts we expect no help is not on the way but will we see that? And I guess to the counterpoint here, will we see this from Denver? Will we be like, that's what everybody's been waiting on? I and actually right believe now, guys, we will. Yeah. I, I kind of with you, Aaron. Like, I'm willing to buy Denver, but I'll be honest with you. When I watched Russell Wilson play last week, that was very It was concerning. gross. And then he got an injection in his shoulder. You wonder if he was hurt and playing hurt. But you got pieces on that team. Like, you can point to guys on Denver – like Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, like that defense, like Russell Wilson, Javonta Williams, if he was still around, even though he's not. But you can you can find people where you go, okay, this guy can break a game open, or or this is where they turn it around. I'm I just I don't know where that is on the Colts. You're not until you fix that offensive line. I think it's all shambles over there. Casey, you you have more hope in the or more hope more faith in the Colts, have meeting their upside at some point this season than Denver. Yes, because I think the Colts, they get to play Houston again. They'll they'll figure something out against Tennessee. I mean, they do get to play this game. And I think Denver, they will play tougher games. And to be honest with you, I'm on the Pete Carroll train. I think this was all Pete Carroll. Get out of here with that Russell Wilson. Let Russ cook. Don't let him cook nothing. He'll burn it. So I, <laughs> I, I, I'm very confused about Denver. I'm very confused about Russell Wilson. But truly, I think the Colts are going to have an easier path to do it to where – 
uh, Denver's going to have to beat, like, good teams, like teams that are actually we know are good, or at least, yeah. like, the Raiders. I don't know if they're going to figure it out, but they're talented enough to put up 30. Listen, I know, I know we're going to go to break soon, not to bore you with uh, the Broncos' schedule, right? But uh, once you get past... But you're going to do it anyway. Yes. Once you, get, <laughs> once you get past the Chargers on Monday night, you got the Jets, you got the Jags, you got the Titans, the Raiders, the Panthers, then you do Ravens and Chiefs. Cardinals who are up and down, the Rams who are beatable, Chiefs, and then Chargers again. That doesn't so, yeah. sound that fun. It's not. It's not the toughest schedule. You could see six wins in there. Yeah, but like here's the thing. I think nothing of the Cardinals, and I think they smash Denver. Okay, just smash them. Same with the Rams. So, and they'll have OBJ by then. It'll be great. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Who's uh, who's worse right now, uh, Matt Ryan or Russell Wilson? Matt Ryan. Russell Wilson. <laughs> Matt Ryan. These are good questions. I'm asking good poll questions lately. 50-50 splits. Uh, Matt Ryan can't get the ball out. At least Russ can throw it deep. Over people. Yeah, he's, well, he can, he's he not can on the same page as his receivers. He can yet. physically do it, yes. yes. So I will give you that. He has a chance to get intercepted. intercepted. And he can leave the pocket when it crumbles around him. And Matt Ryan has a chance to fumble. It's both horrible, right? Poor both Matt teams Ryan. are in such a bad, or both fan bases are so upset. I don't blame them. We may have to call yeah. the Indianapolis police again next week. <laughs> they have been very disappointing, both of them. But I think what you're saying, I think the outside world, because of the contract and the big trade from Seattle to Denver and the expectations in the AFC West have basically said Russell is is doing far worse than Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan was supposed to kind of come in there and just be a guy and help lift it a little bit. Russell Wilson was supposed to elevate to maybe Super Bowl caliber team. That's right. You know, and so it feels like Russell Wilson is way worse. Now, statistically, it's not even close to Matt Ryan bad right now. But it feels a lot worse with uh, Russell Wilson. Everybody knows why Russ is struggling, and uh, this is a bet for Casey to take. Nathaniel Hackett, plus 10,000 for Coach of the Year. Go ahead, take that bet. <laughs> Not a That's a real number, by the way. Yeah, we'll be back. So Football at 5, Brent Martin, O'Hara, and Shaq, Casey Kurtz, Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. I have a big issue with Matt LaFleur and what Aaron Rodgers are doing right now because, again, all these checks you see on the goal line, he hands that ball off, it's walking in. I get I get the blitz, it's going to be confusing, it's going to be all these things, but at some point you play to your strengths, and when you have two backs like that, you don't give A.J. Dillon six touches. Mm -hmm. Like, it just doesn't fit. And, again, we knew the receivers were going to be a work in progress. So I, I understand the numbers. They are what they are. I think those numbers get better. As soon. But in the interim, you have to play to your strengths. That sounds like just Saturday to me. Good guess. <laughs> I don't think Casey's uh, listening right he's now. Not paying attention to me. I think he's, he's trying to read something. I just want to be told I'm right. Oh, That's we've it. we've got the big boss in the doorway. Oh, Brett Bartno, Aaron Schachter, distracted Casey Curtis. <laughs> Here on Brett and Friends Football at 5 on ESPN 690. Uh, hang on the back of Don't the Don't be mad, Casey. I'm mad now because, <laughs> like, what? Just Saturday, bro. Yeah, that's it. That's all I was asking. That's man. all you got to do, bud. I just wanted a little pat on the back and said, Brent, you're right. Dude, I'm so sick of the Brent pat on the back thing. <laughs> Because I said I was right about Matt Ryan. I yeah, mean, one like, thing, you can't handle it. Like, no, you can't handle you're it when I'm right. You're barely right, bro, and you're just, like, uh, beating the heck out of your <laughs> pat on the back, man. Just, that's what, if I'm barely right, then I need to pat myself on the back when I'm right. I'm just saying, bro. I mean, it's twice in, like, the week. That's that's pretty good. It's it's a new record. got to celebrate those things. Yeah, we really do. 
I mean, you're going to get on your show overtime, Kurtz and Middleton, and sit sure. here and say everything that, like, you, you might have been right about over the last Literally playing audio from 18 months yeah. ago. I yeah. said this. Yeah, you don't pull audio when I'm right. <laughs> Never. Nah, can't do it. Didn't pull my JDL audio last week. <laughs> I was right about that. Jordan DeLugo, that is, by the way. Uh, DeLugo will join us uh, again tomorrow at 4 o'clock. He'll be out at String Sports Brewery. We also got Duck tomorrow. We got Ducky tomorrow. Ducky's making a return. We're working on a bunch of guests. Brent and friends. Duck is part of it. We like it. Uh, what's going on in the baseball? The Braves now, guys, are pushed back till 7 o'clock-ish, I think. Nice. Did you see this? I did not. We don't have the – do we have any of the baseball tonight? We do not. Uh, so Phillies and Braves, they're in a delay, and I think the last I saw was around 6 o'clock or so. They are going to um, – Think about when they can play again, and it looks like 7.30-ish could be the possible time. Padres-Dodgers uh, scheduled to go tonight. I don't think rain will be a problem out there in L.A. Uh, they'll go against the, the pods at 8.37. So just two games going tomorrow in the Major League Baseball playoffs. And then tomorrow, uh, I'm sorry, today, tomorrow it's Mariners-Astros, uh, game number two, and Guardians-Yankees, uh, game number two. <laughs> My buddy Chris Morgan, he was he was venting to me earlier today about the Braves not playing at night. Instead, they got a couple of day games, which probably puts things in a bad spot for people who want to watch the Braves and have to work. Oh, sorry well, to be a Braves fan. <laughs> come from the Mets. Well, <laughs> he's got himself a night game now. Yeah, he does. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I, was looking at, rain. I was looking at uh, uh, Braves Phillies Twitter, and they're talking about uh, a hole in the rain opening up between 7 and 10. So that 7.30 start may be uh, hold, holding true. Just enough you know, time you, for the Braves to lose again? <laughs> Hopefully. You've got to be really careful uh, with, the, I think, starting games, right, in the postseason. Because you can really throw it off if, if you're only going to get four innings in. Yeah, that kind of sucks or, for the team. It, yeah, you lose a whole pitcher, yeah. You, you lose the guy. So, yeah, you've got to be really careful with that, I think. And that's probably what they like to avoid if they can. So, I will keep an eye on the start time of that one. Uh, but as of now, it looks like it's pushed to this evening, uh, what you would normally expect instead of a day game, around 7.30, which means you can go flip back and forth between uh, the Braves game and the Dodgers game. I wonder what we're going to see in this postseason. I just feel like we're going to get something that's unexpected. Yet, if you look at the first rounds of these games, I mean, Phillies beat the Braves, I guess, a little unexpected in game one. The Dodgers took care of business, the Yankees took care of business, and the Astros went in dramatic fashion. And don't you kind of feel, guys, like, okay, the way that thing went down, that series is over. Uh, you talking about America's team? Astros and Mar Mariners, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't feel that way at all. I think... Uh, you don't, huh? No, listen, serious question. Uh, hopefully the reporters got on him. Why do you bring in a starting pitcher who's bad to try to close out the game? That's my question. So uh, I think one bad move, they'll figure it out. I'm telling you, America's team, they'll get it going. It'll be fine. One bad game, it's high. What happened to Robbie Ray? Wasn't it a couple years ago he was unbelievable, wasn't he? So Robbie Ray, this has been Robbie Ray's career progression. He was super good one time with Arizona. He was then horrible for a couple years. He was then super good with the Blue Jays Toronto, and yeah. now is on the way to bat again. That's interesting. Yeah, he takes a couple years off, but that one year, boy, you're winning a Cy Young. I don't want to, like, be accusatory here to Robbie Ray, <laughs> but it sure smells like there was some cheating going on. <laughs> oh, there. boy. Let's continue. <laughs> oh, Robbie Maybe Ray is who you're targeting, but not Albert Pujols, huh? <laughs> Maybe it's the sticky the substance stuff. Musgrove gave him some? <laughs> Uh, some gooby gone behind the ear or some could, nonsense? Could be. He also wears the tightest baseball pants in America. But 
I don't know if you've seen that. It's horrible. But uh, you want to know something surprising that's going to happen, Brent? You said you think something weird's going to happen? Yeah, I feel like there's always something weird, right? I've seen it. I know what happens. Oh. The Phillies won the World Series. Oh, stop this nonsense. It's that simple. Casey's yeah, drunk again. <laughs> what? No. They're, they're, I, don't, I haven't no. watched the Phillies a lot. So Come on. That is not weird. a great team. I know, but that's the weird part about it, right? They got just enough pitching. This lineup is legit. The, the, the lineup is really legit. If, like, Bryce Harper gets back to the way he was playing in the first half of the year, he can carry them all the way to the World Series. I mean, they I'll lead off to you Kyle Schwarber. All right, I'll listen to you make the case for a three-game series, but nothing else. Like, yes. That, that starting pitching is not better than the Braves. They, well, it doesn't yeah, matter they, if they, they mash. It's not better they, than the Dodgers. Well, they're up one nothing on the Braves, all right? So that starting pitching didn't help the Braves the other day. And listen, Kyle Wright, I love him. He won 21 games this year. He's going to pitch for the Braves tonight. Go, he has not been dominant. Like, he has 21 wins. I get it. You're probably thinking, oh, well, that's great. He's, no, he's not getting a Cy Young vote. That's not what this is. And he was on my fantasy team. I watched every start via numbers. He gives up runs. Zach Wheeler can be dominant and legit. I'm telling you, this Phillies team, they are hot as fire. If they keep hitting with this lineup, Boy, better tell somebody. When's Nola going? Uh, I think tomorrow. It's got to be next. next. Yeah, because Suarez took the opener, right? Well, yeah, yeah. but Nola pitched, get, pitched the second the, game of the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. So yes. my, this sets up, I mean, the fact that they won that game sets up terrific for the Phillies. Yeah, they've got Wheeler tonight and Nola next time. Like, game set match, it might be over. This is crazy to me that the MLB added more teams and more games, and it feels like the playoffs are shorter. <laughs> like in the NBA, playoffs take like four months. And then in MLB, it used to take what felt like weeks, and now we're into the second round already, and it's like it just started. Yeah, yeah. I like it's, the wild card series, though. It's fun. I did, too. Did you like it? It's fun. Yeah, I like I the changes. It, I thought it played out well outside the Rays being, like, horrible. And outside the Mets losing the ball. Yeah, but, like, I think it was fun. But the Rays game actually was why it's good. The first one. Where they lose 2-1 to one that game? Yeah. Right? Yes. And it's like, okay, well, they've got a chance to get the bats going. Now, they didn't, no, obviously, they for 15 didn't. innings. But at least it wasn't like, well, it's this one-off thing, and we just couldn't hit that day. Because that's baseball, man. Yeah. yeah. And so I kind of – I liked I liked the uh, three-game wild card. Yeah, I, I thought it was cool. I, no, I think it's a good it. change. It's a positive. Now, what do you think about, like, a pitch clock that they're oh, talking about? I'm with about? it. You're I'm with it. it. Yeah, listen, I, I, the, the minor league one was, like, it shaved off, like, 27 minutes a game. Yeah. Bro, that's a half hour every day. That's good stuff. I'm with it. Like, I don't I don't know. You're like, a Rays fan, man. Every game goes, like, two hours and 27 minutes. You don't have to worry <laughs> about going quicker. Two hours and one minute, it sounds like now, Brent. So, uh, I, I'm with it. I like, the, I like a lot of the changes they've made and the, the bases as well. I'm in on that. I don't, I don't know that What's shortening. That, the bigger bases? Yeah. I don't know that shortening the games is the only way to make it better. I mean, people are pretty used to sporting events going three hours. I think NASCAR set a great example a few years back about how to make a sport into a televised sport. You know, you add a whole bunch of other stuff going on. NFL started to do this, too, especially uh, that Thursday night game with the uh, stats vision from Prime. Like, you just give them, yeah, go ahead. you give them stuff to look at and think about in between the the, the walk back to the mound or the yeah. dancing around in the box. But I think baseball could really benefit from that. Like, yeah. if they had mic'd up players, yeah. Mic'd up players, but you have, like, these numbers where it's like, this is why they're changing the pitcher, right? Because mm -hmm. I think, like, if you're not super into, like, oh, why are they taking this guy out or why are they bringing Edwin Diaz in the seventh inning? Like, I think if you put that, like, where the fan can see it and understand it and put it into better terms, I think that would play well And in a baseball. sport like baseball where it's so much numbers, like, it's great to break some of that down, especially some of the sports science. Yeah. 
or bat speed or ball speed off the bat or probability based on where in the strike zone. Like, I love all of that. I'd still be in on a three-hour game if they gave me that in between this stuff. That's, that's a good call, guys. Like, first of all, the mic'd up players is becoming more and more popular, and credit to Major League Baseball and the networks and everybody else, but the teams, or if they're agreeing with this, or maybe it's the MLBPA or, or something, but uh, or Players Union, I guess, in this case, the... I, I I like that. Like, that has really worked. And you talk about downtime. If you can get an inning of ball where in between pitches that guy is talking to the broadcasters and you're learning about the game, yeah. like, that is something you can't do in the NFL. That's cool. You can't do it in the NBA. You can't do it in the NHL. Like, you can't do it because there's not enough downtime. So take advantage of the downtime in terms of what you were just saying, Aaron, the television production part of it. The other part is – could I, I know they tried, like, the A-Rod stuff. I didn't watch that, like the Manning cast-esque. But in the regular broadcast, to your point, maybe it's not just numbers, but somebody to explain the damn numbers and what the hell they mean. Yeah. Because there's so much in the analytics. So much. It's just not home runs, RBI hits, and, and walks and strikeouts right. anymore. And so what is spin rate? Like, it, if they had a guy that was an expert in the analytics in the booth the other night when Musgrove was pitching, and they said, listen, his spin rate is up, but 100 RPM, whatever it is, isn't that much, considering the fact that he's averaging three-quarters of a mile faster on his fastball because he's amped up than he he's normally would. He's pitching the game of his life, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if you had somebody explaining that instead of us trying to all figure it out on Twitter, then, then isn't that beneficial to the viewer, to the consumer? Because here's the thing. One thing we forget about in, in sports and in broadcasting, I think, a lot is – Okay, you're delivering the product. That's one. You're entertaining to a degree and helping that entertainment uh, through conversation. But then there's one other element of this is you're educating people. The more, like, I always feel good in a show, like, whether it's TV, radio, when I feel like we might have educated somebody on something. Like, you learn something. Heck, man, I learned something. Well, that happens a lot. <laughs> well, it just happened with Clay Harbor. He told you about the taxes. You learned something. Today. That's true. I know. So, like, that's what I mean. If we can awesome. do that every time we learn watch a baseball game, then I think you're right about it. So uh, that's a fascinating part of it. One other thing that is just a mind-blowing, old-school baseball, can't-get-used-to-it thing. You said Schwarber's leading off. Yeah. He hit 46 home runs for the <laughs> National League this year. Mm -hmm. He's leading off. Aaron Judge hit 62. He's leading off. <laughs> get these guys at bats, man. The two guys that, that led their respective leagues in home runs are the leadoff batter. But also for Aaron Judge, he almost led the league in uh, batting Never average seen. as well. So, it, you know, the guy's going to hit the ball. And he doesn't pitch. But, like, it just makes sense. <laughs> like, I don't understand why you wouldn't lead off your guys ever because you're only leading off once. You're leading off to start the game, and, that yeah. is true. and then yeah. next time you're hitting after the nine-hitter. That's where, like, like when we grew up playing the game, your three-hole hitter was your best hitter. Now, the big bopper, the guy that got all the attention, was the four-hole hitter. Sure. Right? Everybody's like, who's batting cleanup but hitter? three was the guy getting the business done. But yeah. three yes. was the guy that was probably going to get the extra at bat because he was definitely hitting in the first inning, and he was your best hitter overall. Oh, yeah. Well, then recently they moved that up to number two. You're two hitter, and Judge would be in the two spot. Trout right? hit second a lot. Yeah, Trout, right, hit second. But only because you got so many of these guys now swinging for the fences. Your four is kind of like your three as well, and your and five. They're all alike, to yeah. your point, yeah. right? Well, Casey, are they officially moving that now to the one hole, or still, like you are saying, Trout still hits number two in the line? No, it's a, it's a 
it's moving to the one because it just it just makes too much sense. If you're going to get one more at bat and you're down a run, why would you rather it be some guy that's fast or Kyle Schwarber? He might yeah. strike out, granted, but he also might hit it over the fence, which your your normal leadoff hitter is not going to do. You see, like analytics gets crushed a lot, and I'm do part of the crushing at times. You really do because I well because you just take all the feel out of the game if you just strictly go off it. But I like that. That makes sense. There's common sense involved with that. Like, they put the computers together and like, hey, why are we doing this just because they used to do it like this in 1920? There we go. So that's fair. Now, that's a good use of analytics. Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense when it's logical. Some of that other bull whatever. Whoa! Like, yeah. Uh, hey! We'll be back. Brighton we'll and Friends on ESPN 690. Hey, watching a little baseball here at Creekside High School down St. John's County on the back of my GMC Sierra truck. That's where I do the show from from time to time. Absolutely love it. Uh, bought that Nimnik Buick GMC. You can too. It's Trucktober at Nimnik Buick. GMC, new inventory on the lot, ready for delivery. Nimdick has more bottles on the ground than they've had in over a year. Truckloads of new Buicks and GMCs, all models, well-qualified buyers enjoy 0% APR during October, and no one will ever pay over MSRP at Nimdick Buick GMC. Stop by the showroom on Phillips Highway just south of I-295, or go to Nimdick Buick GMC. If you're in the market for a used car, they have plenty of them. Also, the live in Jacksonville Beach or Ponte Vedra area. Nimnick Buick GMC now offers mobile oil changes in the local beach communities. Check out NimnickBuickGMC.com for more details. GMC, we are professional grade. Brent Martineau, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, back at it on ESPN 690 here on a Wednesday. Overtime with Kurtz and Middleton coming up at 6 o'clock. Yeah, it is. Hey, what's going on in 96.9? The Eagle? Like, give me like the... The, the top song you're playing right now, Shakter. <laughs> Bro, it's from the 80s or like 70s. Like, I don't care. I want to know. Like, what about this? Is, what's being requested the most? Well, Journey always. But I got Journey I gotta, wins all the time. All the time. I got a better little tidbit, huh. though. How about this? Because you're an old guy, Brent. You might appreciate yeah. this. The band Queen yes. used to have a lead singer by the name of Freddie Mercury. Very famous guy, Casey. Yes. Thanks. Uh, awesome. Fred, Freddie's been gone for a while. But Not awesome. a new track has been unearthed by Queen that was recorded with Freddie Mercury, unreleased. The audio engineers went back, remastered the thing. They released it today. I'm sorry. They're releasing it tomorrow. They released the clip earlier this week. It sounds, the clip at least, sounds amazing. Really? It Isn't sounds like wild? an amazing track. I cannot wait to hear this thing. That's wild. You can do that. Now, you don't mind, like, the authenticity of that being kind of... You know, Janky. manipulated. What's not authentic about it? He sang on the track. True. He did it. Okay, they so just never released it. Okay. I just, I, I, when yeah, this isn't like a hologram were... or something. No, no, no. He recorded yeah. it. They meant to put it on an album, and they never really finished working with it. They were like, we'll get to it in the next cycle, and there was no next cycle. I got you. I got huh. you. Okay. That's pretty uh, cool. Hey, you want to hear crazy things to end the show today? How often on an ESPN headline story is fishing on there? Is oh, you this story? oh, the controversy. Yeah. Is this yeah. about the dudes that put the weights in the fish? Way to spoil yes. the punchline. Yeah, fishermen Sorry. caught cheating at a tournament, right? So they two anglers oh, no. accused of stuffing fish with lead weights and fillets in an attempt to win thousands of dollars in an Ohio fishing tournament up yeah, there in man. Cleveland. Here's what I'm saying, because I've watched this video. Now, you know how I like to break down videos. And uh, these are some angry fishermen. These are some angry anglers. And so I'm like, oh, the prize must be like $3 million or something. I know. It's not that much. It was like five grand. Uh, and granted, I would like five grand, but, you know, these guys were really going in on it. 
Yeah, it's, it's a bragging power, you know? I mean, you got to be able to do that. I calm down, Five Bubba. walleye combined a total of eight 12-ounce lead weights and two 8-ounce weights, as well as the fish fillets. Yeah, so basically these fish they were catching are supposed to weigh like four pounds or something like that. And this team's fish routinely were coming in at like seven or eight pounds. Maybe and they just thought it was the Pinewood Derby. This is nowhere near as controversial as the chess cheater. I don't know if you've heard about that guy. We can't, no. e we can't even talk about that story on the radio. Oh, wow. That's how controversial. Let's, let me see if I can dance my way around it without getting fired real quick. Is this a real-life thing? This is a real-life thing. So a chess grandmaster who, like, wins every tournament was playing some 17-year-old kid, and the kid was dominating him. And so the grandmaster, like the it, was like, <laughs> it was like a, it was a virtual game. So the grandmaster signs off, and all the announcers are like, what just happened? This guy never does this. So they play again. The kid dominates him again. The guy signs off again. Turns out the kid, the 17-year-old, was cheating. He was getting electronic vibrations sent to him oh, through, a toy, <laughs> through a toy <laughs> placed somewhere on his person that I am not allowed to describe. Oh, oh wow. Yes. Wow. That's nice. a real thing that happened. Gosh. Yes. He's able yes. to do that and sit still. Amazing. I don't know That's if he's sitting call. still, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine playing chess? <laughs> Bishop uh, and Rook, 78. Uh, we're going <laughs> to end on that note. <laughs> Hope you have a fantastic Wednesday evening. Uh, overtime with Kurt in the middle. He's so thrown off. <laughs> I still want to say something, then I keep catching myself. Please, I like this cake. <laughs> we'll uh, see you from String Sports Brewery tomorrow. By the way, Devin Lloyd on Jaguars All Access with nice. Josh Allen tomorrow night at String Sports Brewery. So come on out to Strings, and uh, we'll be there all afternoon. Brett buys a beer. Who am I going to buy for? Devin tomorrow, Lloyd. We'll, you'll find out. Uh, overtime with Kirsten Milton coming up next on ESPN 690.